0: After public hearings last week, Texas's House Public Health Committee voted to advance a package of restrictive anti-abortion bills, which seemed designed to challenge the landmark Roe v. Wade decision that established a woman's legal right to an abortion. The bills now headed the House floor for debate. Each measure will need to be approved by both chambers before becoming law. On this episode of Off the Ledge, I will discuss three specific anti-abortion bills, which place an undue burden on a woman's access to an abortion. We will also hear from classmates Amanda, Haley, and Michael about what their thoughts are on Republicans in the Ledge intentionally crafting unconstitutional legislation for the purpose of overturning Roe v. Wade under the newly conservative U.S. Supreme Court. House Bill 1515 would prevent a woman from having an abortion after the detection of a fetal heartbeat, which can be as early as six weeks. Most women do not know they are even pregnant at six weeks. So the eloquently named heartbeat bill would effectively ban abortion in the state without any exceptions for rape or incest. In addition, get this ladies and gentlemen, the bill would allow any Texan to have the standing to sue an abortion provider if they thought they were in violation of Texas laws. This would pave the way for frivolous lawsuits and is a gross abuse of the legal system. This would allow a rapist to sue their victim's doctor, their rape counselor and family members if his victim were to obtain an abortion without the rapist's knowledge. Forget that he raped her. He would get paid for raping his victim if she had an abortion without his approval. This is absolutely horrendous. So Texas has officially stooped so low in their effort to ban abortion that they are willing to reward a rapist for his crime. Moving on to House Bill 2313, which is authored by my favorite district representative, Jeff Leach, It violates the privacy of Texas women by creating a record and a two factor authentication of women seeking abortions and forcing them to reveal their medical decisions to unlicensed strangers who are not their healthcare providers. It would require a woman to receive counseling or a resource access assistance offer from state contractors before they receive an abortion. These state contractors are usually crisis pregnancy prevention centers who are tasked to dissuade a woman from having an abortion. A woman's decision whether or not to have an abortion is found in the 14th Amendment's right to privacy, and it seems to me that House Bill 2313 would effectively remove a woman's constitutional right to privacy by placing her private abortion history inside a secure database. I mean, let's be honest, how much is the state government willing to spend to assure these databases are 100% secure? A security breach could release the private information of tens of thousands of women who have obtained an abortion. We cannot risk this information being released to the general public. House Bill 2337 places extensive restrictions on how and when medication abortion can be administered. Myfipristone, the medication used in pill-induced abortions is already subject to FDA restrictions and has a proven safety record. Current FDA guidelines approve pill-induced abortions until 10 weeks. If passed, this bill would shorten the guidelines to seven weeks, placing an undue burden on a woman's access to the safest and most effective option to end their pregnancy. There are already a limited number of clinics in the state, and some women have to travel further distances, which will require time off work for travel and a larger financial obligation. Some clinics might be delayed on appointments, which would require a woman to further delay the procedure, making the pill-induced option unavailable. There are already laws in place that require a woman to see a physician for the abortion pill at the time it is administered, as well as follow-up visits to ensure the pill was effective. The only benefit to reducing the weeks allowed to receive the abortion pill is that it might prevent women from utilizing this method, forcing them to obtain a medical abortion procedure. And now one of our classmates, Amanda, is going to uh, provide us with a personal narrative.
1: Hi, um, yeah, so I wanted to come on and talk today about my own uh, experience with abortion and kind of normalizing the narrative around the topic. So in 2007, I had an abortion. I was 19, Um, I was on birth control and also using condoms with a boyfriend and um, ended up pregnant anyways. And so, um, first of all, the experience of finding a location to actually have an abortion and was pretty challenging but i did eventually get referred to houston planned parenthood um and i remember just being so nervous because you had to walk through like a line of people that were protesting um and they're you know they had all these signs with images that are like not even from abortions they just get these terrible images um you know to kind of shock and scare you and so I was confident in my decision, but I was so anxious about like avoiding that line of people, but I did make it in and, um, at that time, and I I can't be clear exactly how it is now, but at that time they just started the ultrasound, um, mandatory ultrasounds. So I did have to have an ultrasound. I did not look at the screen because that was my personal choice, but I remember the woman who did my ultrasound, and I, I don't think she did it purposely, but she was like, do you want to see? And I said, No, you know, it's like, that's, no, I don't. Um, And that's always kind of like stuck with me. I don't know why. And like I said, I don't think she meant to do that. But she did. Um, Anyways, the procedure itself was super quick, super easy. I have never once felt sad or upset about that decision i know for a lot of women it's not like that and they have a lot of guilt but i knew what i needed to do and i did it and my life has only ever been better because of that decision and so when everything was all said and done there was this really sweet woman and i promise you she must have been 80 and she gave me crackers and juice and she told me i was going to be okay and i went home and i was fine i was So I think the reason I'm sharing this story with you guys is because that guilt narrative is so prevalent, especially in Texas. It's like if you do this, if you make this decision, you can never take it back. Your your life will be ruined, you know, for your future husband and for everybody, your family. What would your family think? And I just think that's so not true, at least in my case. And I'm thankful that I was able to get that procedure. I did have to travel an hour. I know there are women that can't have the procedure. You know, no matter what, they can't get where they need to go, or they can't afford it. And that's another thing: abortion is not free and it's not cheap. And I want to say back then it was probably about four to five hundred dollars. Um, luckily, I had some family members that could help me pay for that. But there's so many women that can't, and it is definitely my belief that. The harder you make this, it's not going to stop it from happening, but it's going to make it more dangerous.
0: Exactly. Yeah, there's going to be more health, health more health risks involved because yeah. it's further delaying it. Um, I mean, it's yeah. once you have to have the surgical procedure and you go past that pill pill option. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the pill option is so safe. Plus, I mean, like I said, there are already guidelines on it. Why make it even more difficult? What is three weeks reducing the right. the guidelines to three weeks going to do?
1: Yeah. I feel certain that the so-called heartbeat bills are just a way to restrict this access in the hopes that it will just stop happening. Exactly. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with protecting a fetus or protecting a life. You know, it's, it's about telling women what they can and can't do. And then you were talking about, you know, about, there's no exceptions for incest or, or rape so we're expecting these women and sometimes they're not women sometimes they're girls exactly you know. teens yeah you know that have been raped by a family member and gotten pregnant and they're expected to carry this baby and no matter what happens even if if they kept that baby or they adopted the baby out that baby is a person and they're going to grow up and want to know what they came from and what is that going to do to that you know there's so many I know when you have to and think about
0: the guilt that the child's going to have to live with knowing that they were a product of rape.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, it's what kind of life can you build from that or, you know, that can ruin your life to find out something like that. And so for me, it's about giving women the choices, you know, all the choices, any choice and women will decide what to do with that.
0: And making it a private choice as well, because, I mean, that's what abortion was made legal under. The right to mm-hmm. privacy and if we're taking if we're putting their information in a database that's just crazy I mean how many yeah. hacks there are hacks on banks that are supposed to be the mo- most secure banks all mm-hmm. the time couple yeah. years so.
1: yeah and I can imagine the the um, retaliation that some woman would face if you know maybe her job found out about this and her boss was you know pro-life as they call it. Um, or, you know, maybe you had an abusive ex that you escaped from and you had an abortion and you know, now your name's on this list and is that going to make that person angry? There's just so many unknowns with these bills that have been introduced and it's just so infuriating to watch men, generally older white men, decide, you know, decide what we can do with our bodies. It's infuriating. And if you're, if you're not in support of abortion, that's fine. We don't have to agree on that, but you can't tell me that I can't do that. Yeah. It's
0: none of your business. Just stay out of it. I don't agree with it. Who cares? We don't tell you what to do with your bodies. So just stay out of ours.
1: Exactly.
0: And, um, well, you had mentioned, uh, that you did have to travel. There was travel
1: involved. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had to travel about an hour to Houston. Um, and I, I wanna say that I was not I was not eligible for the pill. I, I believe I was right at 10 weeks and it was too late to do the medication. Um, and then they did offer to sedate me, but I'd have had to have someone pick me up. And so that wasn't an option for me. So I was like fully awake and, it, I mean, I wish that I could say it was just this terrible, harrowing experience, but I knew what I needed to do, and I had it done, and like I said, I've, I've only ever been thankful for that opportunity.
0: Well, thank you for sharing your story, Amanda. I appreciate it. I'd like to actually, when you mentioned, uh, we, we were talking about the secure databases, and you were mentioning, um, you know, like a rapist, someone was able, or like a, a boss was able to access the database and find out their employee had it or say an ex-boyfriend that was abusive uh, found out was able to access the database and found out that's a perfect segue for my, my narrative because I was actually in an abusive relationship um I mean not not it wasn't to the point of a physically abusive relationship yet but it was emotionally abusive I was only a sophomore in high school, and. I was just about to, the guy was, I mean, he, was he wasn't He was a boy, he was a, a man actually, uh, I was a sophomore and he had just graduated the year before and he was emotionally abusive and I was about to get out of the relationship and then realized I was pregnant. And I was ashamed to tell anyone because I was ashamed to tell anyone about him being abusive, you know, why was I sticking in the relationship? Why didn't I get out? You know, all the usual stigma you hear. But he was on the verge of becoming physically abusive, and there was no way I was going to be tied to him forever, especially not when he can harm me and the hypothetical, you know, child. So uh, I went ahead; I didn't tell anyone. And luckily, the I it was, oh God, uh, it must have been nineteen ninety two. So the parental notification um, that they have in place now that they've passed, where if you're under eighteen, you have to notify at least one uh, uh, parent in order to get the abortion and then you have to wait 24 hours. Well, that didn't apply to me, luckily, because I'm telling you, if I would have told my mom, she would have freaked out and she would have not let me have an abortion. There was no way I would have been able to get judicial bypass or anything. I mean, I would have had the baby and I would have been stuck in a relationship. Well, I mean, not maybe not stuck in the relationship, but stuck knowing this guy for the next 18 years at least
1: you would have been tied forever exactly
0: exactly and who knows what kind of things he would have done to the child or you know Mm -hmm. just there's I didn't want to deal with it
2: yeah that's also a lot to put on a sophomore exactly you were a kid yourself yep yeah
0: and I was just you know blinded by you know the recent college graduate and I just kind of I don't know let myself get deeper in
1: yeah it's It's funny you you talked about your mom like just not allowing that I think that's a lot of. You know teenage girls, you know, even still they have that problem of you don't want to communicate this to your parents, because you know that they'll be opposed to your choice, but you you legally are you have to you know, and so, then I think you mentioned about the judicial bypass, how does that work.
0: Yes. OK, so they have well, they have an actual advocacy group called Jeans Due Process that actually um, does pro bono cases and will they you know, they raise money to pay for teens. Uh, they don't they can reach out to them privately. They don't even have to tell their parent and they go to court on their behalf to get uh, if like if they're if they're afraid of being abused by their parent, when they, if they found out, you know. Uh, or if they're just afraid of telling their parent all together. I mean, I think they have to have a good reason, you know, like they're afraid of being abused by their parent, Mm -hmm. to go take it to where the judge will approve it. A judge has to actually approve uh, the process so that they can get an abortion without their parents' consent.
1: Right. Well, what if you got stuck with a judge that was, you know, super conservative and pro-life and didn't want to approve those things? I mean, I know they probably can't be like explicit about it, but do you think that that happens sometimes?
0: I'm sure it happens. I
1: don't know. I'm,
0: I would have to look into it to see if there's any kind of appeal process, Mm -hmm. but they would probably be forced to tell their parent. Yeah. But this whole,
1: but this whole time, you know, you're only getting more and more pregnant and, you know, delaying that process. I can't imagine like the emotional strife that must come with that to have to deal with all of those hurdles and then know that you might not be successful a lot of people don't know that in roe v wade she actually had the baby and gave it up for adoption but because the whole process took so long she didn't have an option to get an abortion
0: exactly until like three years after i think right yeah went to court yeah I mean, like you, I I think, I mean, I confessed to my mom, you know, years later, of course, that I had an abortion. I had my best friend take me to the clinic to Planned Parenthood. Uh, I didn't have to travel far because I was in San Antonio. And um, I think it was probably the best decision for me at the time. And if the the same conditions existed, I would totally do it all over again. Uh, The guy never found out. I never had to deal with any kind of repercussions. And what if there would have been the secure database and he would have been able to find out. And then I would have had to deal with, the physical abuse that followed that, knowing that I, you know, aborted his okay, child without right. his approval. And then, and then the fact that right they, that he would have been able to go to come and sue me if he, uh, you know, if I didn't let him know that's what they're trying to push through now with the House Bill 1515, that's just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. That's insane to me. That is like beyond insane to me that, that would be a requirement. I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty of girls and women that do feel comfortable sharing that decision. That's great. But, you know, in large part, there's women that are not comfortable with that for different reasons. You know, we talked about the abuse aspect or, you know, just not being able to emotionally handle that situation. So I can't imagine being forced to share that information with anyone, you know, that's that's insane to me that that is even a possibility. Yeah, and I I
0: there, I think there's this big misconception too that women who choose to have an abortion use it as like a means of birth control. Mm-hmm. Oh, once you have an abortion, you're probably just going to get pregnant again and you're going to have another abortion, you're going to have another abortion. You know, who cares about getting on the pill? You just you, you can have an abortion. Yeah. And that's
2: not that's not the case.
0: Right.
1: No, definitely not. Yeah, but you're right. we st-
2: definitely struggle with this. I hate when people use that argument. Yes,
0: I mean, and we we struggle with it. I struggled with it. I struggled with it so long that I almost had to, to go into the next bracket because it was like a certain, you know, each week the price kept going up. You know, you waited an extra week, the price would go up. I'm sure, you, you know, I'm sure it was the same way with you, Amanda. Like the further along you got, the more expensive yeah. the procedure would get. And so mine was like nearing like four or $500 and I was having to mm-hmm. ask friends, borrow money and everything because I couldn't ask my mom. And so... <laughs> I mean, just to, to say that that we're using it as a means of birth control is just crazy when we can just go to Planned Parenthood and get on
1: birth control for free. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also this huge misconception that, you know, you're like a ruined woman. You'll never want to have children or be able to have children or whatever. And that's not the case for me. I went on to have two more children. You know, I have a relatively happy marriage. Um, I just it, it goes all it all goes back to that shame narrative you're supposed to be ashamed you're supposed to regret this the rest of your life and then you're supposed to go on and advocate. For the life of these innocent unborn children and that's just not realistic that's not typically what happens and. This you know that said, this is an emotional process, it is a physical and emotional challenge, and I think anybody that would think a woman would rather to have an abortion than take a pill every day is just. Plain stupid. That's an awful argument, and not but at all.
0: That's what Republican men yeah. lawmakers think about us,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Uh, the, the reality is, if that if the lawmakers spent more resources on ensuring that there was a highly effective and, and longer lasting contraceptives like IUDs, if they made those accessible at a low, uh, like free or at a low uh, cost. Yeah. I mean, we need to obtain an abortion because they wouldn't be getting pregnant. But right. no, we want to put all of our efforts at trying to ban the procedure altogether instead of the actual way, looking at the actual way that women actually have an abortion. A uh, mm-hmm. pregnancy—you mm-hmm. have to be pregnant first to have an abortion. How right. do we fix that?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent point. I I hope that we will soon one day see those programs implemented. Mm-hmm. You know, nationwide. I I've already discussed with my husband that you know, abstinence doesn't work. Teaching abstinence doesn't work, oh, you mm-hmm. know, at all. So if you tell horny teenagers not to have sex with each other, what are they going to do? They're going to have sex with each other. Oh, you yeah. know? That was my experience. I think I either, we just never talked about it in my family. And even, even afterwards, like, you know, as a married woman, nobody said the word pregnant in my family. I don't know why, but it's like, it you know it's just this taboo subject and so you know if we're educating these kids and we're giving them the tools then this is not going to be a problem anymore you know we don't need to argue about abortion if we're providing this birth control for these you know for these girls and I know in my family, I've already decided that when my daughters are of that age and showing interest, um, aside from just being really open with those topics with them, even already we talk about these kind of things, Mm -hmm. they will definitely be getting an IUD, you know, and if you don't need it, fine. And if you do, even better, you know, so I definitely think that Texas especially and um, older generations in general, we just need to be more comfortable talking about it, you know, it shouldn't be this big secret. If you don't want to deal with the repercussions of getting pregnant, then talk to your kids. Exactly. How to get pregnant, how you get pregnant, you know? Yeah.
0: And I mean, I have two sons, but when my, my oldest, you know, when he was 15 and he was starting to come of age, uh, that's what I told him. I was like, and if a girl tells you that she's on the birth control pill, you still use a condom because you don't Mm -hmm. trust whatever a girl tells you. Yeah. And then and even if she is on birth control, she could still get pregnant and there are still STDs out there, but that's yeah. another subject.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I was on birth control and we used condoms and it still happens. If you're having sex, you can get pregnant no matter what you do, you know? So if we're battling that at the beginning with these very effective and relatively cheap, you know, IUDs, this isn't going to be a problem anymore, but it's that struggle of trying to get these lawmakers to understand that and they just exactly.
0: don't they want to No, what is your what is your uh, perspective Michael from a from a male point of view <laughs> would you tell your children your future
3: children well I was just about to interject um when I turned 15 my very strict Catholic parents still gave me a pack of condoms
0: did they talk to you about it though or did they just hand them to you and say here have fun
3: <laughs> oh no yeah we we had a pretty good discussion and upfront warnings and that sort of thing on, on, you know, about being responsible and how everything worked and that sort of thing. And I am thankful for that because going to public school in Texas, we didn't get that kind of education. Right. Uh, it was abstinence only. And I can't say that I've been in your shoes or even been in a situation where I was with someone and we faced the issue of getting an abortion. I will say that my current partner and I went through a miscarriage in the past and the expressions that you both had of feelings of guilt and dismay after that were, you know, very similar. At the same time, I can't say that I wasn't relieved when it happened because we weren't ready at that time.
0: Had you discussed the possibility of, of having a worship, if you don't mind me asking, how, did you discuss that possibility? Mm-hmm.
3: It was such a surprise and so quick. Right. Like we literally found out and then within a couple of days it happened. So we never really discussed it. It was something that had come up, but we had never come to a decision about. It, it still would be a very difficult decision to face if that were to ever come up. Right. Yeah. Especially in light of what happened. Right.
0: I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing. What what are your what are your thoughts, Haley, on uh, the Texas legislature specifically crafting uh, the the abortion legislation just to make it so unconstitutional that it's forced to be taken to the Supreme uh, to the U.S. Supreme Court to be overturned?
2: I think I think it's crazy. I think it's ridiculous. I mean, you have these older white men for the majority making these decisions for women. Uh, Like the database, that is ridiculous. Whose business is it besides the woman who is getting the abortion? Mm. Uh No one needs to know that. And you owe it, like y'all said, you know, it goes back to like an employer can check that. Exactly. And with how political views are now, you know, like someone's, you know, in a red city, someone's not going to want a liberal Mm -hmm. working for them. You know, it just causes major issues. I just. It it hurts me because, you know, what if I, you know, what if I have to have an abortion?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't want my name in a database. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not in a point in my life. I'm 23. I still have a year to two years left of college. I have, I don't make enough money to support myself, let alone a baby. I wouldn't be able to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but I don't want my name on a database. And yeah. I wouldn't, you know, the way the Texas legislator is going, I wouldn't be able to get it here in Texas. Okay. And God forbid something happened. And I was attacked. Yeah. And I got the abortion. My name's in a database. Yeah. And my attacker could sue me.
3: I will say that that database sounds, I mean, it feels Orwellian, it, it's out of a dystopia. I mean, it's it's Handmaid's Tale type stuff.
2: Oh, I was just going to say. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say it feels like it's out of like a sci-fi uh, young adult novel, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. like I'm uh,
1: divergent yeah. or something, you know, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Michael said Handmaid's Tale, and that's what it reminds me of. It's like, first of all, I love the book. I've always loved the book, but I like it as a fantasy, you know, and so yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people think might think that sounds a little extreme, but it really is. There's no good reason for there to be a database of people that have had abortions. I cannot think of one single reason why you would need to retain that information that wasn't bad, you know?
3: The existence of that kind of fiction is to serve as a warning, not as an example.
1: Exactly. Right, yeah. And she, yeah, Margaret Atwood, the author of the book, um, she made it a point to say, I know these things sound crazy, mm-hmm. but everything I've put in this book is something that's really happened around the world. And it is meant to be scary to you. Yeah. Be scared of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Let's have a database for abortions, but not for gun owners.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that. yeah, that's insane. Or let's try
0: pushing legislation that would, you know, take away the conceal, conceal permit Ugh, to carry yeah.
1: altogether. Yeah. But not... You know, let people have their freedom to choose what to do with their body. So, like, you can have a baby that you didn't want to have, and then somebody can shoot it. But exactly, oh, that's dark. That's dark. I'm sorry, my, I did it again. My... <laughs> no, I mean,
2: that's a perfect <laughs> point, though. I mean, like, I don't know. You, you have a baby, mm-hmm. it's you have the baby, you don't have the abortion, it's a baby, mm-hmm. it's five years old, it's at Sandy Hook.
1: Yeah. It gets shot Yeah. by mm-hmm.
2: a lunatic. Mm-hmm with a gun with an assault weapon who was yeah. able to ha- yeah mm-hmm. with an assault weapon mm-hmm. or the baby grows up to be a 15 year old who gets shot multiple times in mm-hmm. florida yeah or the baby oh. is gay or a lesbian mm-hmm. and is at a nightclub mm-hmm. and is attacked for how he lives or she they live their life yeah
0: or let me throw this one at you to tie to tie in with amandas or the baby grows up to be a murderer. Mm-hmm. And gets on death row and put to death yeah. still. Yeah.
3: The, the pro-life argument is such a fallacy to me because you're pro-life up until the, the time the child is born and then, you know, the parents on their own.
1: Yeah. They don't care. They don't fund, you know, they don't fund these groups. They don't fund these nonprofits.
3: Yeah. Or like, I, for example, I literally live 20 minutes away from detention centers that are holding children mm-hmm. in cages and They can't, they don't give a damn about that.
1: Yeah, You know how many kids are in foster care? It's, it's my perspective that it's never been about the life. It's about the control, I think, because it's like you said, they don't care. They don't care about that baby once that baby's born. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to fund programs to make sure that baby has enough food and insurance and is well taken care of. That's exactly Yeah,
0: that's what I was going to say, too. What about the welfare? They're so against welfare. But what about the women that are forced to have a child and be on welfare because they can't afford it? And what, you don't want to give the baby money?
2: Yeah. And they're also the same people who probably look down at people who have to use food stamps or any government assistance, which is why they are against it. But yet you're going to force these people to have children and you're just going to go back and not support them and make fun of them, essentially. Not that all the people who are against abortions do that, but when you
1: look at it. Well, yeah, yeah. I would say there's probably a very large percentage that, you know, doesn't want to fund welfare, looks down on those people, but yet wants them to have children they can't afford. I would say that's definitely a good assumption for most conservatives.
3: And a large part of it is a desire to keep that class of individual in mm-hmm. subjugation
1: that if you force them to have kids point. they can't
3: move up the social right. ladder right they're they're kept in their right. place quote unquote
2: yeah yeah where you know the men in power the people in power it secures their spot still
1: right yeah that's a really good point michael i didn't really even think about that
0: that is a good point keeps them dependent on the government yeah all right Unfortunately, we have a limited amount of time. If you oppose these egregious abortion bills proposed by the Texas legislature, I encourage you to contact your elected officials to register your opposition. If you are someone you know is interested in advocating for reproductive freedom, there are a multitude of ways to get involved, either on your own or in coalition with an organization. There are many amazing abortion advocacy groups to advocate with in Texas, including the Vow Texas, Jane's Due Process, and the Lilith Fund. I appreciate your time and thanks for listening.
1: I'm ready to stop. <laughs> you know, another. Um, uh, poop. I had such a good thing to say? Man, God. oh, so good.
0: He could see you. And if the House bill fifteen fifteen passes, um, I can't remember what I was just about to say.
2: <laughs> I had a had a brain a uh, brain lapse here.